Amen. You guys can have a seat. Don't you love that fluorescent kick right there? Wakes you right up. That's my favorite. I didn't do the lighting. I didn't have a choice. Ben killed it. It's okay. It's all right, Ben. You can stay there. This is weird. I've never done it like this way. It's kind of different. It's okay. We can handle it. It won't freak me out too much. Um, we're going to be in Acts chapter 9, verse 10 through 19 tonight. Um, just being 100% honest with you all, this could either be really short or normal time. And normal time is we have no idea how long it will go. Um, but uh, you know, I was looking over my notes as we were worshiping. And, and sometimes you have to understand this. This is a weird dynamic as a pastor or as somebody who teaches the word of God. Is like you can show up and you can plan what you're going to do, but then you'll be like, I'm not teaching that. And it's kind of annoying. But it happens, so um, just heads up, if we just take a big turn today and we're like, we're going here because I feel like this is where we need to go, um, and, and you know what, I, I'm okay with it because one thing you have to understand is, is it's really interesting to me, um, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I feel like I can talk really just kind of frankly with this group, it's, that's one of the fun things about being in a small group is I was, I was talking with somebody and they were just talking about, well, well I just, you know... I, let, me, let me back up so you understand the story. A week prior, they had like this whole like epiphany church moment. And I think a lot of us had it like where it's like you just get rocked, something crazy happens. You, you're like, you're normally not the person who like raises their hands like me like during worship and you're like doing it hardcore. And like you come up to the stage and you're like, at, like just crying and you're needing prayer and you like don't know what's going on. Then like the next week, um, that doesn't happen. You feel a bit left down, let down, you know what I mean? It's like, you want that same experience over and over again. But in reality, um, it doesn't happen every week. So when we go over messages like this, this one's different because I feel like this may be for one person sitting in here tonight. And for some of you, this might be just some biblical knowledge that you're going to pick up. But for somebody, it may be totally life-changing, and I hope it is. And so I want to pray for that before we get going because that's the goal. Um, you have to understand... Obviously, we're not overly worried about numbers here, or we wouldn't do the 8 o'clock service. I mean, it wouldn't be that hard to tell you all to go to the other one, but we like doing it. It's another option, and it's kind of a, some people prefer this kind of style and format a little bit more, so we'll keep doing it. But I want to pray that maybe there'll be one or two people, or all of us would be great, you know, but uh, that what's taught here tonight wouldn't be of me, but of God and for you. Cool? Okay, let's do that. Father God, uh, your spirit moves in ways that we can't even begin to understand it. And, and just as your word tells us, it's like a rushing wind and it comes and goes as it pleases. But God, we ask that it would blow through here tonight. That it would, even if that's on one person's heart, God. Because we know that without you, without your son's sacrifice, and without the sending of your spirit, really um, none of this would be possible or even worth it. Uh, so I, I pray that your presence will be here God, I pray for those who need to be comforted that, that they will be, for those who need to hear truth spoken into their lives, as uncomfortable as that may be, that they will receive it with an open heart and under, understand that your word speaks true. It's not, it's not what the pastor is talking about here. This is what your word has to do. God, I, I, I want to say that I'm sorry for my sins, and please forgive me. I am inadequate to bring your message, but you've called me, and so I will go. Use me as a vessel. In your name I pray. Amen. Cool. 
I wasn't planning on talking that whole thing. I just felt like we needed to do that. But last week, um, so let's see, part 28 of the Acts series this week. Uh, all right, so we're, we're well into it, but not even halfway. So um, I, I heard that there is a real pool that exists out there. Who are, People are taking bets on how far, the, what, what number the series will end on. So um, I don't know who's organizing that, but um, so if you want to get in on that, find out who's doing that. But um, part 27, and, and, and just an encouragement, if you're here and you're like, wow, part 27, I have no idea where you're going to be. Don't worry, it's not that. We, we, we're teaching each message in a format that's understandable where we are, okay? And where we are is this, is we, um, we, we just, last week we talked with this guy named Saul. You remember him? Bad guy. Um, we don't like him. He's mean. He was killing Christians, bad things. Um, he really hated Jesus. I, I, I talked about that like 30 times last week, how much Saul hated Jesus. So if you went home and you're like, man, I don't remember anything, you probably remembered Matt said Saul hated Jesus. Um, he really did. And, 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 it, and we, we looked at references where it talked about how he, his, his fury burned against Christians. I mean, some strong language was used in the text last week. And basically, uh, God was like, that's my boy. I, I want him. Um, and we talked about how we don't get to decide who God saves. That we don't get to itemize people. That God's in control and he chooses and does as he pleases. There is no level of saying, oh, this person's close or this person is far away. As it was proved in the story. Saul was not a likely candidate for salvation. That was the, that was the overall gist of last week. But yet he's one of the greatest influences we've had in Christian history. He was not a likely candidate. And what happened last week was um, Jesus shows up literally, and the glory of Jesus blinds him and uh, knocked him off of his horse, and he was blinded. And, and so now we're, we're picking up in verse 10 where Saul is now blind, being led into the city of Damascus by, his, um, by, by the people he's with. And, and this guy named Ananias, who we're going to hear a little bit about, um, has to go to him. It's it's a pretty cool story. So let's uh, let's just go ahead and read it, and then we'll dive right in. Uh, I'm actually going to pick it up in verse eight, so we have some context around what we're talking about. If you just pick it up in verse ten, it would make a ton of sense. So starting in verse eight, um, if you don't have a Bible, by the way, there's probably one in front of you, or we'll have the scriptures up on the screen for you if that's easier. I mean, it's really easy. I don't know how it gets any easier. But uh, they're right there as well. Starting in verse 8. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. I would have been hungry. Verse 10. That wasn't in there. Don't worry. Um, Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in, in vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight. At the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, behold, he is praying, and he has seen a vision of a man named Ananias come in and lay hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, answered, Lord, I I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he... And uh, I can't read tonight. I don't know what my deal is. Verse 14. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument 
of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles. Remember that that's really important. And kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized. And taking food, he was strengthened. Sorry about my inadequacies there in reading tonight. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. Um, No, I really had like four mountains. I was at youth group before this. You have to understand, I teach like high schoolers before this. And they brought a case of Mountain Dew. And I don't know what my deal was. I drank like four. So I'm wired tonight. I don't know. Apparently that affects your reading. So, yeah, I have to go to no school tomorrow. So you can drink all the Mountain Dew you want. Um, here's the point. Here's the tension. We're going to just dive right into that. Um, verse 15. Here's our main overall point for the evening is this. Right? Can you bring it up? But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name. Chosen instrument is the key for what we're talking about here tonight. Okay? The, now, now if, so if you're like marketing your Bible, this would be a good one to mark, that he is a chosen instrument. It's, you know it's okay to write in those, by the way. It's a good thing. You can go back and re- reference later. He's a chosen instrument. Um, Tom and I did some research on this. We, we prepared together. You, just so you know, you're pretty much getting the same message that you get in the morning. If you're here double dipping, there's no big surprises. But um, when we were researching this, it's, it's really interesting. The, uh, the, the, the Greek in the word instrument is, is the word skouos, S-K-O-O-S-S, skouos. Okay, and so when, when we hear the word instrument, um, my mind immediately goes to like a musical instrument. That's not what it's talking about whatsoever. It's talking about, um, in a sense, like a, a vessel, a, 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 um, a bowl almost, if you looked it up in, in, in direct translation. So he's saying, um, he is my chosen vessel to carry my name. And here's the interesting thing is that as soon as we claim the name Jesus, and by claim the name Jesus, here's what I mean. I mean this, I mean, when we claim the name Jesus, um, the Holy Spirit moves on us. And, and something very unique happens where you're changed from the inside out, where Jesus on the cross makes way too much sense in this weird way when you start seeing it in the form of that He literally took the most horrific thing ever, death on a cross, which is ugly, and flipped it upside down and turned it into one of the most beautiful things in the world. Have you ever thought about that, just by the way? You ever thought about how how strange it is that we wear that around our necks and we put it on our car? I'm I'm not telling you not to wear it. I think it's a good thing. You ever ever found it weird that the crown jewel of our faith is um, an execution tool? Um, a, a pastor I listened to all the time, I heard him reference it this way. It'd be the modern day equivalent to us wearing a little uh, electric chairs around our necks. I mean, really, that's what it is. And so salvation is this. It's understanding the beauty in that. And what happened there, and that we have fallen short, but yet this perfect man gave his life and died for that. So that we can have life, and not only life right, but life to the fullest. And, and all of a sudden, this weird thing happens. And, and, and literally, the Bible t- talks about it this way. You get filled. You start seeing that it's very appropriate, 
the terminology that we use here. A vessel, a bowl, that we then get filled with the Holy Spirit, which gives us, get, get this, okay, Jesus, Son of God, right, gives us the same power that Jesus had as he walked here on earth. That should just blow your mind. Everybody goes, how did Jesus do it? He did it by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And so, so that's what happens. And this whole process happens. And, and we should be filled with the Holy Spirit. We should, we should have, in a, in a sense, like this, this angst for the gospel, for, for the, this kind of overflowing attitude where it spills out on people. Now, I was telling this story earlier. Um, I met this guy one time. And, and, and there's certain people, you get around, okay, don't, don't get me wrong. Sometimes people overflowing with the Holy Spirit can freak me out too. If, if you're in that boat, don't worry, I get it. Um, I'm, I'm not that emotional of a guy generally, except for when I preach. I don't know what happens. It's weird. But I met this guy who exemplified this to a T. Um, he was weird, but he was really cool. He showed up in town. I was back in college. This was about five or six years ago. I'm in college again, so I guess I can't say back in college. Long story, whatever. Um, but I was several years ago, um, me and a couple of Christian guys lived in this house, and this guy knocks on our door. Uh, and I open it, and he's like, hi, my name's so-and-so. Um, I'm here to compete in the U.S. Open um, free skiing at Crested Butte. And uh, I'm a Christian. I was just praying. I needed a place to stay. And the Holy Spirit told me I should go to your house because you guys are Christians. So can I stay with you? And I was like, all right. Like, I mean, that moment you're literally going, like, do you really let this guy in your house? Like, is he a stalker? Does, like, what's going on here? Total creepy, right? And, and I'm like, all right, and I let him in. And, and this guy, uh, he overflowed with the Holy Spirit in everything he did. I can't even describe the guy. He was a trip. I loved him to death. Anybody here, if you're growing up around Churchill, you probably heard of this guy. Anybody know Kirk Franklin? Big Southern gospel black singer, you know, like, dude loved Kirk Franklin, and he was littler than me and way wider than me. And it was just hilarious, and he loved it. And, like, we'd go to the ski area, and he'd be, like, playing it so loud. It was kind of embarrassing, but, like, there was something about him where it really wasn't that, like, he wasn't doing it for a show. He was literally just that excited that he was a Christian. And, like, I mean, like, he was the kind of guy, you, you, you go to a subway, and, and they go, what kind of bread would you like? He's like, the bread of life, can I tell you about it? And they're like, yes. And by the time they're putting, like, the, the mayonnaise on, they're saved. And you're like, how in the crap did that just happen? Like, and you're like, I don't even understand why. I do that. They call the police on me and I get kicked out, right? But he was that kind of guy where, 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 where that's happening. And, and it was an overflow. I can't even describe it. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. I don't know if I'm that way. And, and look, give me a straight We're not all going to be that guy, Okay. Some of us, our callings are totally different. He definitely had the gifting of evangelism. Flat out, he had it. I can think of people in the community that have that. I can think of Rick Barton. He's somebody I think of as a gifting of evangelism. Okay? I have the gifting of teaching. Um, I've, you know, I, but I don't have the giftings in other areas like some of you may have. Because we're all chosen vessels. That's the point of this. That we're all chosen instruments of God, yet it may look very different. Okay? I'm not saying you have to be that creepy guy. Because if you fake it, come on. If you're faking that kind of stuff, people know it, don't they? If you're like, um, 
let me tell you about this, and you're like, really, that's not your calling, and you're not doing that out of a heart that's pure. You're doing it out of some weird obligation because I told you to, or some other pastor told you to, or a book told you to. That that's just not really going to fly, especially in our culture. And I can speak because we're pretty young in this room. We are pros at, sp- at spotting fake. We've been conditioned that way, right? We're really good at it. Tracks don't work so great on us. We need relationship. We need things. And so um, just in general, use your giftings. Use them where they are. And we're going to get more into that. But here's, here, here's, here's my fear. Anybody do this experiment. Tom came up with this. It's a great experiment. It's, um, I, don't, I don't care where you live, who you live with. Do this. Take a bowl and put it on like the kitchen table or, or an area where everybody walks by in your house regularly. Don't touch it. If you live alone, this really isn't going to work. But go, 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 go do it with somebody else, okay? Do, do, like, hey, can I put this bowl on your table? Don't move it. Um, but here's what's going to happen. Is, is anybody's ever experienced this? If you leave a bowl sitting on a table, it's going to fill up. People are like, in my house, it's like change, um, gum, uh, mail that I don't want to open because I know it's a bill that I can't pay. Uh, like all, you, do you know what I mean? Like you put it on a table and somehow it fills up. Bowls are meant to be filled. It just will happen. I really can't explain it. It's a freaky phenomenon, but it will happen. But how many of us are just a bowl that's sitting out on a table that just gets filled with crap time and time again? When yet you could be a chosen instrument of God who's meant to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But yet we're settling for stuff. I'm guilty, right? I have a man cave in my house. (laughs) I'm the king of stuff, okay? Like, so don't take this as I'm like, you know, I mean, I really want the sermon to go quickly tonight so I can watch 24 season premiere tonight, okay? It's not going to happen. I forget about that. I shouldn't have even said it because I'm thinking about it, but I'm the king of that kind of stuff. But yet there's so much more available for me. And I'm not saying that stuff's bad. You can have stuff. You can enjoy things. You can, I'm, not, I'm not saying like go sell all of your stuff and um, be miserable and sit alone. Um, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm saying don't settle. Um, let's, let's go here. John 14, 16 through 17. What? That one's way off. And I will ask the Father... And he will give you another helper. He's talking about the Holy Spirit here. To be with you forever. Get, okay, when the Bible says forever, that's a long time. Because it's literally forever. Because we're talking about the God that existed before time. So he has a really good concept of time because he made it. So forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Do you understand that believing in Jesus is weird? A spirit lives within you that literally the world can't understand unless they belong. We won't even go there tonight. But the sheer fact is you have... If you just go through the Bible, it's incredible words for the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Helper. Comforter, counselor, 
I mean, you go through the things you need, and I will say you because you all need them. Listen, if there's one thing I've learned in this job, I am not the sharpest tool in the shed. I get that. But I get to meet with a lot of people, and your stories break my heart repeatedly. There's not a person sitting in here who is not walking around with a major wound. It's our condition. And so this is for those who are proud, and usually I find it to be guys more than women. Don't resist the help. Don't resist the comfort that the Holy Spirit wants to provide and can provide. Don't build yourself up and white-knuckle it. That's what I do. I I can get through this. No, you can't because you haven't before and you won't again. We will fall. We will go down. But that's the great thing about being filled with the Holy Spirit instead of junk. Being filled with the Holy Spirit gives us comfort, gives us help, gives us guidance, gives us counsel, gives us direction. Right? I mean, you're all here for a reason. I, I, I'm sure it's different if we go across the board. Maybe some of you are here at an obligation. I don't know. I pray that that's not the case. But I think we're all here because we want to know God more. We have this interesting dynamic where we're willing to sacrifice the real deal for other things. Sex, money, um, status, I don't know, whatever it might be. Don't settle for the, you know, we may not even get at this point tonight, whatever. It's really interesting when you start understanding that God's will and plan for your life really is good. Okay, for some of you, you might be go, okay. Some of you just got that. Because you sit there and you struggle with it. And, you, and, and if you're anything like me, it's like you know when the Holy Spirit directs you to the right area, yet it is difficult and hard. But the end result, as we just sang, is working all things together for our good, but we have to be obedient for it to get good. And that's really hard. I'm not, I'm not going to lie about that. That is not an easy task to say, okay, okay, God, I will be obedient who knows what could happen to you if you become obedient to God? But, and that's scary, but here, here's the crazy thing, that when you are obedient to God, you're living within his will, and it'll bring out joy like you've never seen. And just so you understand, joy is very different than happiness. Happiness is an emotion. Joy is a state of being. Joy is what Paul had when he was in prison. And he said, I rejoice. I am joyful to be in chains. Do you think he was happy that he was in a cold dungeon? No. Literally, I've seen the place. I mean, like, I've actually, like, I have this cool computer program that shows me stuff. And it's pictures of some of the actual cells that Paul was in. And and they were so small that you can't stand up. And how how, would that not just drive you insane? You know, it's like being locked in a crawl space. Pretty much what it was, but he was able to write and say, I have joy to be here. That's very different than happiness. But yet, being within the will of God and being open to being a vessel to be used by Him, being an instrument, He can bring about joy 
what are we saying? The pain comes. Joy comes in the morning, right? If you've bought the lie that Christianity is going to make it easy and better, that's not the truth most of the time. It's not what this teaches. What this teaches is that men and women suffered greatly. But the advancement of the kingdom of God was well worth it and it brought them amazing joy. That's just crazy. This may not sound like an encouragement, but it is. I, I, I have fears for the church. I, I really do. It keeps me awake at night. I, that's why I have this job is because I can't, can't not do it. Charles Spurgeon once said, if any of you are sitting here and think you're called to ministry, Charles Spurgeon once said, if you feel that you're called to ministry, try to avoid it. And if you can't, then you are called. And that's what I feel like. And, and, and I know it might sound weird. and You, you don't know me, but like, and I know Tom's the same way. And I know good pastors are the same way. But when I go to bed, I worry about you. Like our hearts break continuously for our people. And if you're sitting here today and you do call this church your home, you are some of our people. And don't take that as like a knock saying like, you're following me and I'm in charge of you. No, 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 that's the authority of God, not me. But here's our fear is that you're a carrier of Jesus, but you don't even really act like it or care. That your vessel, that you personally were created do amazing things, but you're okay with not. Like, I feel my stomach not up. I mean, I think most of us in this room have experienced this at some point. It's that kind of feeling um, where, like, you're in a relationship, but it's not going well, and you know how it's going to end. And you get that knot in your stomach, you know? And it's like, oh, and it's almost sickening a little bit. That's what it's like. And this might seem heavy, but let's go here. Galatians chapter 4. Verses 8 through 11 says this, and this is our, our fear, and I pray this isn't you. So take this as an encouragement that we are not going to be these people, okay? So take it that way. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not God. So basically saying you used to be enslaved to fake gods. You're not anymore. You're saved. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how you can turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world. Whose slaves you want to be, you want to be once more. He's saying, hey, you, you, you set yourself free, but you're walking back into slavery? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid I may have labored over you in vain. Get that letter from Paul. Here, I wrote this down for you. That's my prayer that we're not those people, okay? That we are people that are so filled that we, we, we've tasted the real thing. Have you ever noticed the terminology in the Bible? Taste and see that the Lord is good and you will know him. You will feel him. You'll be within him. Everything else will seem like just garbage compared to it. Everything else will pale 
in the sight of it. it and it's so mind-blowing. I mean, it should just like, excite you. That, like, the, the, you know what's so crazy about this fallen world? is the most beautiful thing we've ever seen is not even the full glory of God. That the most magnificent, beautiful thing you have ever laid your eyes on that literally took your breath away pale in comparison to the sheer glory of God. And when you understand that, you do not run back to things that enslave you. You run away from them and you run into the arms of Jesus. You take comfort in that you are being filled with his Holy Spirit repeatedly and that you have that as your guidance. That's my prayer for you. I think about that every day. Every day. I think about it for myself. What's the result of all this? (laughs) All that. I'll wrap it up, I promise. I'll go quickly through the next couple points. I always say that and you guys are like, yeah, right, whatever. What's the result of being a vessel that's being filled with the Holy Spirit consistently? Let's go to verse 10 in our text in Acts chapter 9. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. This isn't the Ananias that we killed a couple chapters ago, by the way. If you remember that, there was an Ananias who got killed. Not that guy. He didn't come back to life. We reserve that usually for Jesus and a couple other people in the Bible, but not Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit and God speaks to you, you can recognize his voice. Do you understand how important that is? To be able to hear the voice of God. It's really, it's really sad to me because a really common occurrence is this. is I, I, I do get to meet with a lot of people like, I, I can't hear God. And some of you in, in this room I've had that conversation with, and I've been there myself too. This isn't the case all the time, but I'll tell you how most of the time I think we stop hearing the voice of God. Is this, is it sequential? God calls us to be obedient to something. We hate that word obedience, don't we? I do. I mean, you can lie about it. Like, I love being obedient to God. You're a liar. And you're not being obedient to him because you're lying. So there you are. He calls you to do something that's difficult. I, you know, I can think of so many things. Um, shoot, curse in my family. My family's just full of liars. I don't know what it is. And they listen to this podcast, so I'm sure I'm going to get a call over this one. But, like, they're just, like, they don't even know they do it. I've had to battle my whole life to fight that. I don't even know why. Like, you, I mean, you, we all do that. Sometimes, like, you just tell I like, why did I even thought that doesn't even matter. It's like nobody would have cared if I would have just not said that, but I just did. I'm a moron. You know, like, I mean, we've all been there. Maybe you don't call yourself a moron in your head like I do, or have these internal conversations. But we've all been there. But here's the thing: in my family, it's like all the time, literally, and, and like. My wife, I, I mean, I shared the story a while ago, and I'll give you the brief version, but it's, she, she asked me about something I did, and I just said no when I did it. And I was like, oh, why did I just do that? I just lied to my wife. For like two months, I just sat around and like was terrified that I had lied to my wife. And like, it kept me up at night, and I finally told her the truth, and she's like, it's okay. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, I thought like, she was like, like, I hate you, leave, you know? And it wasn't at all, and I know better than that, because my wife is so full of grace. But that's how it went. But if I wouldn't have confessed to her that, as God would have prodded me and prodded me, the more and more I said no, the harder and harder it would be for me to recognize his voice. 
every time you say no, it, I, I honestly do believe this, and I, I can back it up scripturally, we don't have time, but I believe that every time we say no to him, it gets a little bit harder to hear his voice until we've said no so many times that we're the person saying, I don't even think I believe in this God anymore because I don't even feel him. All the while he's standing there screaming at the top of his lungs, run back to me, but we've trained ourselves to not hear him. And it's one of the saddest things I've ever seen. So one of the results of being filled with the Holy Spirit consistently and listening to it and being obedient to it is this, is being able to say, here I am, Lord. Isn't that cool? Just says, here I am. We see that also in Isaiah 43.1. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. You should take a lot of comfort in that one. John 10.3. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. God calls us by name. That's what this is saying, that he knows you, and he calls you repeatedly. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, being a used vessel, means you can hear the voice of God. Verses 11 through 12, let's read those in our text. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight in the house of Judas. For, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. Okay, let's just stop there. Jesus is in control. You see, so we have two guys at separate locations, different things going on. One has had Jesus appear to him. One's having visions, but he's working all this together so that they can meet. His plan is great. Paul, or Saul, still at this point, getting knocked off his horse and getting blinded and being let in, while another guy in the city where he's not even two yet is having visions of this happening and this going on, and, and it's just this wild thing. And, and even, like, does anybody else find it weird that he even, like, says the street name? It's like, you're going to go here at this guy's house, and this is going to happen. That is a God who's in control. Some of us need to get rid of this idea that God's just kind of this distant figure who's like, all right, if you want to do that, cool, whatever. It's not really how he works. He's very much in control. Very much. Some of you really need to hear that tonight. I need to understand that God is in control in your situation, even though it does not look good. You're called to be obedient to him. As difficult as that may be. And he even knows the road. He even knows the house that it's going on in. He's not dumb. He's not some distant very kind of thing that we've made him out to be. He is almighty and powerful. Let's keep reading it. It says, For a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying and he has seen a vision. A man named Ananias come in and lay hands on him so that he might regain his sight. Ananias, you know here, is scared. We'll, we'll see it as... Um, it, and when we go into the next verse, but they knew who Saul was. What was Saul doing? Why was he coming to Damascus? To find Christians, to take them back to Jerusalem so that they could kill them. They know who Saul is. Do you think he's not like, okay, okay, yeah, um, I know where that street is. Um, 
Good, good, get, know where that house is. Who? Did you say Saul? Let's go to verse 15. Maybe. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is he's a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and children of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. We'll deal with the suffering stuff later. That's coming. Trust me. I, I apologize. Like, actually, I don't apologize at all. The whole book's, the book of Acts is all about learning how to suffer well. We're going to deal with that plenty in the coming weeks, I promise. We even already did a series in this book about that. We're going to do it some more. So Ananias departed, entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, get, get, get this, the guy who is there to capture him and kill him, he is laying his hands on him and saying, Brother Saul. It shows the sheer grace of God and his ability to mend relationships, to bridge gaps, to do just remarkable things. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with what? Holy Spirit. Ananias knew he was a chosen instrument. He knew it. How do we know? He, he heard the word of God. He obeyed the word of God. And he took part in, in setting free. God used him. I mean, come on, let's just be honest here. Don't you think God could have just done all this on his own? Don't you think he could have just been like, yeah, you can see, you're good, follow me. I mean, I already blinded you and stood in front of you. I think you're going to follow me. This isn't necessary. You have to understand that when God moves, he uses his people. You are his plan. Does that not scare anybody else in here? Because if you examine your life the way that I know my life, that scares the crap out of me. And I'm just scared to death the fact that I'm the plan for salvation for Gunnison and Western State, North Valley, South Valley, all around to the ends of the earth, that he's depending on us to do it. I mean, he's going to do it. Don't get me wrong. He is sovereign and in control. And he says he will build his church and not even the gates of hell will stand against it. But he's going to use you to do that, to charge the gates of hell with squirt guns ablazing, right? That's just scary, cool. It's kind of like that, you know, you go to one of those movies and it's like, you shouldn't say it's good because it was sad, but there was good parts and you're like, man, I don't know what to do with that. It's exactly what this is. What are you meant to do? Some of you go, I have no clue. That's okay. For some of you, you just need to know that you are chosen. We talked about it last week, that if you're sitting here today, we, we, we talked about how Paul, it's, he, he later says that he chose me before I was even born. That's his words. 
that he chose you before you were born, that you are that you are loved extravagantly by a great God. Do you know that the Bible, you know what it says about human beings? It says that man is the glory of God. Let that settle in on you. When you think you are far too short, when you think that you are far too wrecked, when you think that you are not good enough, when you think that everything you've done can't equal being a used vessel and he goes you are the glory of God we call it the imago day you are created in the image of God all of you I hope this is encouraging to know I hope you understand that you're skuas, that you are a vessel, that you're a bull. I mean, I look around this room, and, and I'll wrap up with this. I see so many different walks of life in here. I see people who are in different stages of life. I see people who have different experiences. I see guys, I see, I, I, I see women. And here's the thing, is where you are is God's plan for salvation for the people around you. And get this, if you're sitting here tonight and you don't believe in Jesus that, that, and you're hearing this, I hope this is making you go, that sounds pretty awesome. Because it is. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will fall on your heart and save you. You need to understand that you were chosen. No matter how weak you think you are. How stupid people have told you. They don't know. You are the glory of God. You are, as Ananias was, a chosen vessel. And you are part of God's great plan for salvation for this world. Right? Since the beginning of time. He's known. You knew you were going to sit here today. You knew you were going to hear this. He, he, he's, he, you know, and, and my heart is that you'll realize that. And, and we don't hide the fact in this, in this church. Um, we expect you to be missionaries. If you come here regularly... You're not willing to reach out. If you just want this for you, that's not really going to happen here. You should probably go somewhere else. This is a community that desires to see Western State and Gunnison, Colorado, know Jesus Christ. That's what we exist to do. I hope you get excited about that because I'd do anything in the world for it. We need some more people that are willing. Let me pray for you. Uh, Ryan's going to come and do a song. And uh, if you need to talk, you can talk to me. You can talk to Ryan or Ryan. It's very simple. If you don't know their name, just shoot with Ryan here. You're going to be right about 50% of the time with staff, unless it's Bistro, but she's a girl, so you probably won't call her Ryan. Um, so <laughs> let me pray for you. And, uh, and, and if you need to talk, talk. If you need to... 
you need to pray, pray. If you need to just sing, sing. If you need to go home, go home. I, I don't know. You should pray. Father God, we, we, we love you. We just thank you that we are your chosen vessels, that we are your plan despite our infirmities, despite how short we are. Your grace abounds so much. So much. And, and God, I'm not saying we do any of this stuff, any of it, under our own abilities or, or, or for our own righteousness. We are only made righteous by your shed blood, by your son, Jesus Christ, by his death on the cross and his defeat of sin rising and conquering it. And for some reason, you decided to send your Holy Spirit to, to live in us, part of the Trinity, part of God is, 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 in with, is within us, is with us, is comforting us, is healing us, is guiding us. And God, make us people who know that. Do not just play loose and fast. God, I pray that the words of Paul, when he says things like, I may, not, may have not have said these things or taught you in vain, will not apply to a single person in here, that these people will be people who are active for your sake. And God, I pray for the person here who may not know you, that your Holy Spirit will fall and change them. I, I, I pray that you will just rock them to their core. God, we, 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 we don't have words that can save because as your word says, it doesn't make sense to the world. It is weird. It is goofy. It all ends by you riding in on a horse. It's different. We get it. But may it make sense beyond human understanding because you're a God that moves that way. I pray that that may be going on right now. God, don't you dare let us leave here the same as when we came in this evening. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen. We love you guys.